My name is James Shepard. This is part two in a little mini series I'm doing on how payment processing really works. Please take a minute to watch part one before you watch this one because you will not understand this one uh, if you don't watch the other one. So in the last video, we talked about how payment processing works as far as the flow of money. And you know, if somebody puts their card in a terminal, that it goes to the issuing bank, you get an, an authorization code. Uh, then at the end of the day, you settle the terminal or batch the terminal. Transactions are settled from the issuing bank to the acquiring bank. There's interchange costs, there's card brand fees. We talked about all that last week. This week, we're gonna talk about how does merchant sales actually work? Meaning, how do payment processing reps make money? How do we generate margin? Like where does profitability come from in this industry? So what we talked about last week was the cost structure, right? So last week we talked about interchange and card brand fees and how the average is about 2.1%. Let's call it 2% to make the math easy today. It's gonna vary a lot anyway. So out of a $100 transaction, we know on average we're gonna have about $2 of cost or 2% of cost out of a hundred bucks, right? So how do you make money? How do ISOs make money? How do payment processors make money? Well. Very simple, really. What they do is they mark up the cost, just like everybody else, okay? If you go to a store that sells bicycles and you buy a bicycle and you wonder how do they make money, it's very simple. There is a cost for that bicycle of what they paid for it. They mark it up and they sell it to you and they make a profit. We do the same thing in our industry, okay? Hopefully we're doing it in a transparent way, but uh, that's how we do it in our industry, right? There's these costs, interchange and card brand fees. We mark up that cost and we make a profit. Now the question is, how do we mark it up, right? How do we collect revenue? So we talked about expenses already for our business. Let's talk revenue, okay? I'm gonna give you four primary types of ways that we collect revenue. And again, this is kind of the crash course. I have a lot of other content that dives a lot deeper into these topics, but I gotta go through them quickly today. So let me give you the first one, the easiest one, which is flat rate pricing, okay? Think Square, think other providers like that that are doing flat rate pricing. Flat rate pricing says we're going to charge you a flat 2.75%, maybe a small pridem fee, and we're going to charge you the same thing for every transaction. It doesn't matter what the cost of the transaction is, but we know that on average, we're going to bring in more revenue than we are going to have expenses. So on that $100 transaction, we're going to charge 2.75% and 25 cents, right? So we're going to collect $2.75 plus 25 cents is $3. Our cost was $2, so we made $1 on that transaction in margin, okay? So we have this margin to work with, all right? Um, number two, second really easy one to understand is going to be interchange plus pricing. Interchange plus pricing is kind of the opposite of the other one, which is interchange plus pricing, we are gonna take the true cost of every transaction and we're gonna show it to the merchant. We're gonna say this transaction, here's the interchange table, Here's how much we paid for this transaction in interchange. Here's how much we paid for card brand fees. And on top of that, we're gonna charge you 50 basis points or half a percent maybe, and 10 cents, right? And so it's very transparent. It's very obvious how much we're making. The only downside of the interchange plus, especially for smaller merchants, the statements can be so complicated that they don't even understand what they're looking at. So that can kind of lose the benefits of the transparency just a little bit in my opinion, but it's still a really good pricing structure to use. Um, number three is tiered pricing. Now this has become a lot more interesting lately, but tiered pricing where we have kind of like flat rate, but we have multiple flat rates depending on the type of card that is run and other variables, mainly depending on the cost. So 
This is where you see things like the qualified rate, the mid-qualified rate, the non-qualified rate. This would, another good example of this would be a card present flat rate and then a card not present flat rate. So we'll say, we'll charge you 2% on all your card present transactions and 3% on all your card not present transactions, right? You see that more and more today. So we have uh, tiered pricing where we're getting our revenue by charging a percentage based on is it card present or card not present or what's the interchange cost of the transaction? Is it a, a rewards card or is it a debit card? We may have different rates, but we're still putting transactions into these buckets and each bucket has a different rate and we're generating revenue off of that to offset the cost and hopefully generate margin, all right? So we talked about three. The fourth one is gonna be differential pricing. So this is what we're talking about compliant surcharging, we're talking about uh, you know cash discounting, we're talking about dual pricing, things like that. And what's interesting about those, people get really hung up with that, but what's interesting is actually those are not pricing structures, okay? They're really not. Um, those are actually pricing structures to the consumer. It really has nothing to do with the payment processing cost structure. For payment processing, that would be flat rate or tiered. In other words, if it's you know, cash discounting, you're probably charging them a flat rate of three or 4%. That's just flat rate. That works, the profitability works the same way as flat rate pricing. If you're doing surcharging, well, then you're probably charging them one flat rate for credit cards and one flat rate for debit cards. That's just tiered pricing with two different tiers, right? So when you think about the actual margin of the account, the profitability of it, the reason differential pricing is so profitable isn't because it's some weird different kind of pricing. It's just that it's flat rate or tiered pricing and the rates are pretty high. That's why it's really profitable. Very simple, okay? So that's the revenue. What's the cost? Well, we already talked about the interchange cost. We talked about the um, card brand fees. There's one other cost that comes in and that's what's called the Schedule A cost. The Schedule A cost is where the payment processor, the usually the acquiring bank, is gonna say, well, hold on a minute. I know we generated a dollar in profit on that $100 transaction, but we're not gonna share that entire dollar with you because we had to provide support. We had to move the money. We had to have the technology to ensure the fraud protection, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we are gonna take the first X number of basis points or X you know, pennies. So we're gonna take the first you know, $6 each month, plus we're gonna take the first five basis points on every transaction, plus we're gonna take the first three cents on every transaction, right? So that's an additional cost called the Schedule A. Now the Schedule A doesn't go to the issuing bank or the card brands, that goes to usually the acquiring bank or the payment processor, depending on kind of where this level is at, but that's the Schedule A cost, and that's them literally saying, we're gonna just take some of that margin off the top, then whatever's left over, now we're gonna share that with the ISO, and the ISO is gonna then share that with the agent. So when you're talking about how you make money on an account, the most important variable is gonna be how much profit is there in the account, right? You gotta make sure you're selling profitable accounts. But then the other variable is where do you sit in this whole food chain, right? The acquirer made this money, they keep their cut, that goes down to the payment processor in some cases, they may take their little cut, then it goes down to the ISO and then they take their cut and then they give you a percentage of what they got right? And so you got to understand where you're at in the process. Do you have a true residual split or are you getting paid on margin? Understand how that margin is, is calculated, right? Like there's all these variables that go into it. But if you understand the core kind of underlying structure of the industry, which we've just discussed, it will really help you to understand how the industry works. Now, the final question I'm going to answer in the next minute 
which I've done hundreds of videos about, and that is how do you actually sell it, right? Like why do business owners switch to a new payment processor? Well, there's several reasons. The tried and true old way is cost savings. And anybody that's still payment processing, still selling it, understands that is still a major part of the conversation. People still wanna save money. However, we've now transitioned to more of a value-based approach, primarily around integrated technology and services. So we might say, well, we're gonna give you this Clover Station for free, or this Zusa point of sale for free, or we're gonna give you this Lavu po uh, restaurant point of sale for free, and in exchange, we're gonna switch you to our payment processing, right? Probably the biggest cost reduction pitch the last few years has been differential pricing with dual pricing, cash discounting, surcharging, where we've said to the merchant, look, you're currently paying 3,000 a month in processing fees. With us, you're only gonna pay 100 bucks, right? Why? Because actually the, the burden of the payment processing is going to the consumer, not on the business owner. We're collecting extra money from the consumer and keeping that. So, you know, that's how that all works. And you're switching people either based on the price or on the value usually of the technology or the service that you provide and providing a superior service experience. That was probably the most difficult content I've ever shot was this one and the one I just did. <laughs> Trying to fit all of that into two 10 minute segments was very challenging. I know I said a lot, I encourage you to dive a lot deeper, become a true payments expert, but hopefully last week and this week, my two 10 minute crash courses on payment processing gave you a little bit of insight into how the industry really works. My name is James Shepard. This is the Merchant Sales Insight.